everyone, and welcome to the Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of thecinematropolis.com, your home to thoughtful conversations on film, and this year's official podcast media partner for the Dead Center Film Festival in 2022. That's right, we're back at it for our second year in a row with Dead Center. I'm your host, Caleb Masters, and today we're continuing our exclusive festival coverage with a special interview with the Oklahoma City Thunder Films team discussing their new film that will be debuting in this year's festival, The Seeds of Greenwood. So we're going to kick off today's conversation by talking with the team a little bit about what makes the story of the Thunderfellows so timely and powerful, and then we'll close out today's show with a few details of when and where to watch the short film's world premiere. Then I remember distinctly when you called me and you said, I've got a crazy idea, we, you know, just, just hear me out. It felt like, you know, man, we got to do something in Tulsa. When they say that when we bury something, we think it's gone, right? We think it's destroyed. We think it's never coming back. But when you put a seed in the ground and you water it, it grows. And so, guys, you are all seeds that's getting ready to grow. As far as the Thunderfellas, it's like, I know you can do it. I've seen you do it. You're going to do it. Teaching you coding programming, robotics, but also we want to grow y'all. They'll miss school before they miss our program. <laughs> my brothers are going to like look up to me and my actions, so I want to be a good role model. People know about Black Wall Street, and to let our kids know, that's what's birthed inside of you. The Seeds of Greenwood follows the development of Thunder Fellows, an after-school program located in Greenwood that provides black high school students with opportunities in sports, entertainment, and tech throughout a curriculum based on data and analytics, in addition to the inspirational journeys of the fellows themselves. And uh, just a quick note, we'll talk about it again later, but the film does debut during the Friday night family frolic being hosted in Scissor Tail Park as part of Dead Center, and that'll actually start at 5.30 p.m. Central Standard Time on June 10th. Joining me to share their experience in the making of The Seeds of Greenwood, the newest film from the Oklahoma City Thunder Film Productions. First up, Nick Gallo, the producer. Nick, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having us on. Welcome. Also joining us is Michael Zubach, the director, videographer, and editor of Seeds of Greenwood. Michael, welcome. Happy to be here. And last, but certainly not least, we have from Notice Studios, Decoven Riggins. Thank you for having me. Yes. Before we really dive into the, the production of the film, I actually want to turn to you first, Nick. The Seeds of Greenwood really continues the tradition of the Oklahoma City Thunder Films, uh, debuting uh, a new film at the Dead Center Film Festival following last year's incredible recounting of the March 11th, 2020 Thunder vs. Jazz game, short film Pause the Game, and then you also had uh, 2020's The Everyday Saint. So how did your team go about choosing The Seeds of Greenwood as your next project? Well, first of all, we're always extremely proud to be partnering with Dead Center. And, you know, that's it's something that uh, we just love doing every year. Michael Zubak is kind of our lead in terms of the the creative mind. But we also have a team um, led by uh, two of our vice presidents, Dan Mahoney and Matt Tumbleson, that we're always trying to find ways to tell the stories of our people within the Thunder organization, within the Thunder orbit. Each year, we're kind of trying to challenge ourselves to to bring a different type of people in the fold, bring a different visual style, maybe a different angle to the organization. Uh, because to be honest, you know, an NBA organization, particularly in a market like Oklahoma City in the Oklahoma area, touches so many different aspects of society and life. And so we thought as this Thunder Fellows program was coming together in its first year, the opportunity to be a fly on the wall and tell the story of just that program getting up off the ground 
during COVID, uh, in the midst of, of all sorts of strife in the country and, and so many different things that could have been distractions, and to be able to get a glimpse into these kids who are you know diving in and investing themselves in this brand new program w- was a really exciting opportunity for us. I love that you mentioned the Thunderfellows program because obviously this is front and center of the film. Tell me a little more, Nick. Exactly what is the program? It, it's basically opportunities in data and analytics in sports, entertainment, and technology for black high school students in Tulsa, really hoping to create pipelines that will serve them moving forward into internships, entry-level jobs, and sparking their minds to create businesses. A lot of this, you know, is based in the Greenwood district in Tulsa, obviously with the the 1921 Tulsa race massacre, um, kind of as that backdrop. This is, you know, an opportunity for this program to reinvest, reinvigorate that community once again. Uh, Michael, is there anything you want to add about the Thunderfellows program? Like Nick said, it's it's tailored to sports, entertainment, tech, and you know, these these kids are speaking to industry leaders, Google, HBO Max, you know, Wilson, and they're, you know, talking to, you know, sports general managers and um they're they're just getting like a whole array of experiences and it's just been so great to see what they've done this last year. Very cool. I think this is uh, still such a timely story that you're exploring here. I mean, because last year was the centennial anniversary of the Tulsa race massacre, very dark chapter in Oklahoma history, frankly. How exactly did that dark history inform the Thunderfellows program overall, would you say? And uh, Nick, I'll start with you on that. I would say that this is timely over the last few years, but also, as you're pointing out, over the last century. And I'd say just like for all of America, there were conversations that were springing forth during the summer of 2020, uh, the murder of George Floyd, that really came down to Thunder Executive Vice President and General Manager Sam Presti and his childhood friend, Mike Johnson, who now works for Creative Artists Agency, kind of identifying a moment where they could team up to make an actual long-lasting, sustainable impact. And the foundation of their friendship from childhood uh, really made that possible kind of during that that time of strife uh, in the country. But but the concept was taken to the next level by the decision that Tulsa and specifically Greenwood was the, the place to do it given the, the horrific massacre in 1921 and the other institutional setbacks that that district has, has undergone and incurred over the decades. For viewers, as they'll see in the film, the history is not used to drag the kids down or make them nihilistic. It's actually instead to use that as sort of this platform, this this opportunity to say, look at look at what was done here 100 years ago in, in this Greenwood district um, with these massive structural barriers, white supremacy reigning supreme. And using that history, let's look at what's possible for this next generation, which is this first inaugural class. How exactly did this history inform the film itself? I mean, obviously it was Mm -hmm. was foundational for the program, but how did you approach that uh, with the film itself? Well, we've been very fortunate that in particular, the the people that are running the the Thunderfellows program are dug into the Tulsa community. And of course, the Thunder um, has that great connection with with Tulsa as well. But we've been working with the Greenwood Cultural Center um, and also a historian, Hannibal B. Johnson, who was absolutely instrumental to the storytelling that um, really, I I, I don't want to spoil it, but towards the beginning of the piece, Michael just did a wonderful job in utilizing some of this um, interview footage that we got with with Hannibal Johnson um, to to tell the story not 
in a play-by-play way of what happened in 1921, but to put it in, in the context of why this matters for the Thunder Fellows program. Well, hey, thanks so much for giving us the rundown and some, some backstory there on exactly what this program is. But let's talk about the making of the film a little further here. Uh, so, Nick, I mean, the Thunder Fellows program, this is a tremendous opportunity for black high school students seeking growth in the areas, uh, as you mentioned there, of sports, entertainment, and tech. What would you say are some of the key themes and ideas about the program that you set out to explore with the film? Well, we definitely wanted to demonstrate that these kids are tangibly learning things that are going to put them into positions to get internships and entry-level jobs and make those connections. But we also kind of wanted to show the development of the group and how the kids came together, how they were able to learn from, from other folks. And I think Michael being embedded for the past year, basically, with this group could really lend his perspective on kind of what was unveiled over the course of time with, with these kids. Yeah, I mean, we we started filming back in September. And the, the interesting thing about this documentary is we filmed over the course of months and months. And every documentary that we've done in the past, we filmed in like three months, you know, and spent most of our time in post-production. So early on in the process, uh, Nick and Paris, our other producer, they identified some kids that just really had unique backgrounds, different personalities. And each one of these kids, you know, has a small struggle that they work to overcome. And so there's lots of resilience. But, you know, like you saw in the trailer, like there's one kid in in specific, Reese, who travels an hour on a bus to get to school every morning, does the same thing going home. And he's just, I think, uh, a character that, you know, the audience is going to just absolutely fall in love with. There are just so many heartwarming and touching people that you come across in this film. And I I don't want to give it away. And I also can't do it justice, like describing it here now. You just you need to see the film and and recognize that, look, I mean, not every black teenager in Tulsa is the exact same. They are very different. They have such unique personalities. They have um, these competing interests. and, And I think some of that comes across in even the the interview process when you get a little bit of a glimpse into how unique some of these kids are. And, um, you know, but as Michael was saying, there's, there's a handful that we did identify that really felt like we could, you know, push forward these, these dual timelines that we're telling, we're telling the, the narrative arc of the development of the program, but also the arc of these kids and how they changed over the course of the program as well. Awesome. Well, and you mentioned earlier collaborating with some of the the talent here in Oklahoma, including the folks from the the Nova Studios. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about how did you work with Nova Studios? And then uh, DeCoven, I would love to hear a little bit what it looked like on urine as well. Yeah, well, a ton of credit to um, Dan Mahoney, uh, who I mentioned earlier, for kind of carving out this this connection. And it was just incredible for us um, on this project in particular to to be partnering with a Black-owned business and studio here and I mean, DeCoven, Mark, like these guys are prolific. They make so much content, so much music, so many films. I mean, it's kind of unbelievable if you look at all of the things that they've created. And so uh, for us, it was just absolutely perfect to be able to find these guys and to partner with them. And we just, I don't want to spoil it, but the way that the music that they've created for us is utilizing the film is just like chef's kiss. So chef's kiss. That's a great compliment. Uh, Coven, tell me a little bit about how like you get involved when they contacted you from the thunder. What was your thoughts and how did you approach the project? Yeah. So originally shout out to my, my co-star over there, Marcus Brown. Uh, he was email blasting any and everyone he could because we did create the, the first feature film for black wall street dealing with the 1921 massacre. 
And he happened to email Gail and they came to the film, watched the film. And then uh, Dan and, and Zubak both reached out and was like, we want to talk to you all about something that we're doing. And they liked the music that we had in our film. And so I think around January, we talked about us coming on and potentially helping with some music for the film. Kind of hearing a little bit about how they identified, you know, a handful of stories across a, a number of youth. Did you find any inspiration from those stories for the sounds you were looking for? How did you approach, like, identifying what was right for the project? Well, I think that they did a very good job of laying out what they were looking for. So that really helped us hone in on what things we need to use and not use. And so um, one of the things, uh, Zubak sent us over a clip of Reese and um that song just kind of it just kind of flowed watching the clip and you know sitting at the keyboard kind of messing around and then the melody just lent to the lyrics and so uh that particular song just kind of poured out very fluidly it sounds like we're just tiptoeing right up to, to actually spoiling the film, which we don't want to do. Um, so I, I, won't wanna, I won't pry too much further. Really quickly, uh, before we start to close uh, the conversation, Nick, when and where can people see the film? Yeah, well, so as you mentioned earlier, um, it's debuting at the Friday Night Family Frolic um, at Scissor Tail Park, and that the festivities there start at 5.30 p.m. And then, you know, after that, we're, we're talking about a week later, um, actually on Juneteenth is, is when the, the film will be able, um, to be viewed on dead centers website. And then also on, uh, okcthunderfilms.com, our YouTube pages, uh, all of the at OKC thunder social media pages. And, and I would definitely encourage everybody to go to, um, okcthunderfilms.com. That's where you can see sort of our warehouse of collection of, of now what will be seven films that we've done. This is just another step forward for us. And, and we think that partnering with notice, we think being able to tell a 10 month long journey, um, compared to some of these, maybe like shorter time frame. You, you mentioned pause the game. I mean, that, that was the story of what happened in the span of about 26 minutes and the film was 26 minutes. This one is what happened in the span of 10 months. And, um, so it's, it's another big time challenge for us that all credit to this guy. He needs a pat on the back and like 10 cups of coffee. Michael, can I get you a cup of coffee, sir? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, thanks so much uh, to each one of you for kind of sharing a little bit more about this film. I'm excited to check it out. Listeners, the one thing I want to add to that is Friday Night Family Frolic at Dead Center is actually open to the public, so you don't have to have a pass to, to get in. I've watched, I think this will be the third Thunder film I'll have seen with the public in the, the park area. You should absolutely check it out. It's a, it's a really great experience. Uh, additionally, you can find more related to the passes over at uh, deadcenterfilm.org. With that said, though, I want to close this out. What is one idea? idea or maybe feeling that you hope viewers take away from watching the scenes of Greenwood. DeCoven, I'll actually start with you on that. I hope you all get to see the young people striving for greatness and the challenges that they face as they're reaching and just the impact that the Thunder does have in the community at large. Absolutely. I well, appreciate that. Michael? I hope the viewers are inspired. This is such an inspirational story, and I'm excited to see what people think about it. And, you know, these kids, they have bright, bright futures. And uh, Nick, close us out. Yeah, I, I think the the word that just keeps coming to mind for me is like tenderness. You know, we did a, a five minute animated short film that was geared towards kids with Growing Up George a few years ago. But this is the first time that we've really featured children uh, who are connected to the Thunder like this. And Thunderfellows is just this like precious, sacred incubator. And we were really lucky to be inside that space uh, all year long. So in, in 50 plus minutes, you really get to feel a connection to the teenagers in the program, their personalities, kind of their, their touching journeys. And I think people are going to come away really enjoying, you know, just 
getting to view something that's very sweet. Um, and, and I think it'll um, leave them walking away feeling sort of that tenderness. Where can people keep up with all the projects that the Thunder is working on? You've already mentioned it once before, but just to put a cap on it for us. Yeah, okcthunderfilms.com for all our whole suite of, of films that we've created, um, all of our at OKC Thunder social channels. And then I'd also encourage everybody to, to go to our at Thunderfellows social channels uh, as well get a great glimpse into, you know, especially after you watch the film, you'll, you'll get to go in and, and look a little bit more at some of these specific kids who get highlighted. And then you can go back and, and really track through the social media, all of the different steps along the journey that these kids got to take in this inaugural year. And it's a great chance to look at the platform that's being built for future years of this program. Excellent. Exciting things to come. Thank you guys so much for joining us. The Coven Riggins from Notice Studios, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Michael Zubak, the director, videographer, and editor of Seeds of Greenwood, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And Nick Gallo, the producer, thank you for joining us on the Cinemax Comic today. Really appreciate the opportunity. And listeners, for more information on how you can access all the films at this year's Dead Center Film Festival, again, head on over to deadcenterfilm.org and check more information on the Bison Pass to ensure that you don't miss a beat in this year's festivities. We'll catch you again next time with more Dead Center 2022 coverage.